Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. We missed posting a podcast last week, so this week we are featuring two episodes of Six Shooter, starring Jimmy Stewart. The first story is called Jenny, and the second one is called The Coward. They both aired in September of 1953. James Stewart as... The Six Shooter. The man in the saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl. Its handle unmarked. People call them both the Six Shooter. Coleman, America's leader in modern automatic home heating equipment, and the National Broadcasting Company present James Stewart as The Six Shooter, a transcribed series of dramas based on the life of Britt Ponsett, the Texas plainsman who wandered through the Western territories, leaving behind a trail of still-remembered legends. Now, in just a moment, immediately following this important announcement, you'll hear Act One of The Six Shooter. In a few years, our public schools will be as behind the times as the Little Red Schoolhouse. And it's estimated that by 1956, there will be some 7 million more children in elementary schools than there are now. More equipment will be needed, and above all, more elementary school teachers. To help assure your child a proper education, join and work with local groups and school boards. And for free information about how people in other communities are improving their schools, write to this address. National Citizens Commission for the Public Schools, 2 West 45th Street, New York 19, New York. Now, Act One of The Six Shooter, starring James Stewart. It was hot that afternoon. A low, crawling kind of heat that seemed to be following us as we rode along. The sun hadn't come out in the morning, but about noon it pushed through the clouds. Boy, it was hot. By four o'clock, when it should have been cooling off, it seemed hotter than ever. We still had about 15 miles to go before we'd hit Lead Creek. That was where I figured on getting a job helping lay track on that new spur line to Salt Lake City. I nudged Scar on the flank, and we headed down a little gully. His ears pricked up, and he jerked his head. I wasn't sure whether he'd heard something or just sensed it. You know, with a horse, it's pretty hard to tell where hearing leads off and sensing begins. Yeah, what's the matter, boy? Hey! Hey! And then I heard it, too. I wheeled Scar off the trail. I went about 20 yards before I saw him. Lying in the shade of a yellow boulder in a clump of mesquite. Young fella, just lying there. He looked comfortable and relaxed like he was taking a siesta. But he couldn't have been enjoying himself too much, not with a big red stain like that across the front of his shirt. Ah. Ah. What's the trouble? Uh, I had a little accident. Yeah, yeah, it looks that way. What happened? 
My horse threw me a couple hours ago. Must have landed on my gun. It went off. <laughs> See, you haven't got any water, have you? Sure, sure. You came by, mister. You're a stranger, ain't you? Uh, I'm just passing through. Yeah, uh, I'm not much of a doc. Maybe I can fix a bandage for you for the time being. Uh, I already fixed one. Here's my shirt tail. Don't seem to be doing much good. Oh, yeah, let me see if I can tighten it. <laughs> Hold on now. Think you can ride? I don't know. You ain't seen my pony yet. Uh, you know, with a half moon on his flank? No, no, I can't say I have. Must run off. Oh, now, just don't worry about him. My horse will get us into Lead Creek. Lead Creek? Yeah, that's close to town, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, all right, now, let me give you a hand here. It ain't no use, mister. No, no, you gotta try. Now, just just lean your weight on me. Uh, I'll never make it, I tell you. Okay, okay. That's there, it. There's a cabin I'm passing a mile or so west. I might be able to ride that far. Oh, that'd be better than staying here. Yeah. Now, I'm, uh, I'm gonna lift your feet up. Now, that'll hurt plenty. But once you're in the saddle, you'll be all right. Now, here we go. Slow. I'll walk alongside. There you are. I was west, you said, huh? Yeah. I sure do appreciate this, mister. I sure want to... He keeled over in the saddle. I managed to keep from sliding out, and we started off. About 15 minutes later, I saw the cabin he'd been talking about, and it wasn't much more than a shack, only two, three rooms, and a couple of acres of fenced-in pasture and a barn. I led Scar up to the front stoop and lifted the young fellow off. He was still unconscious, which was all of the good, of course. I carried him up to the front door and gave it a couple of kicks. Kicked again, and he sprung open. Anybody home? Hello? Well, yeah, now you just lay there. I'll try and get some rest. I'll look around. Where? Where? He passed out again. I covered him with a blanket lying across the foot of the cot there. And supper was on the kitchen stove. Beef stew smelled pretty good. I opened the back door. I saw somebody cutting up a pile of kindling over near the barn. Whoever it was sure knew how to handle an axe. Uh, <coughs> Where'd you come from? Now, I'm sorry if I frightened you, ma'am. I I knocked on the front door, but I guess you couldn't hear me, huh? I ain't got no hand out for a tramp. Go on, get out. Well, I, I'm not exactly a tramp, ma'am, although I'm not blaming you for thinking it. I've, I've been riding for quite a spell. Well, what do you want? I, uh... 
I ran across a fellow a little while ago in a gully just east of here. He'd been shot up. Shot? Yeah, he said his gun went off accidental. He's hurt pretty bad, and since this place yours was the closest... Where I... is he? Well, I took the liberty of putting him in a cot inside there, so I hope you don't much hope. Well, she didn't wait even for me to finish. She just marched past me like I wasn't even there. I watched her for a second, and then I followed her into the house. I'd never run into a woman exactly like her before. At first, I thought she was a man. You know, the pants, the checkered shirt she was wearing, the way she chopped up kindling, they fooled me. She walked like a man, too. His stiff, square shoulders. Her eyes, eh? Oh, they, they were a woman's eyes, all right. Kind of soft and young and frightened. Yeah. The rest of her had been... Pretty as her eyes, she'd been a real fine-looking girl. Uh, take that rag off him while I fix a new bandage. Yes, ma'am. Uh, oh, it's a shame to tear up a fancy petticoat like that. I got no need for petticoats, mister. Can you turn him on his side? Uh, uh, that's better. Now, if I can just get the bleeding to stop... You, uh, you know him, ma'am? No. Why should I? Oh, I just thought since he was in your neighborhood. Lots of folks pass by here. That don't mean I know him. I don't know you neither. Oh, oh, sorry. My name's Ponsett. Britt Ponsett. Ponsett. I've heard of you somewhere, haven't I? Mm, no. No, not likely. This is the first time I've been around Lead Creek here. You got a pocket knife? Uh, yeah. Thanks. George, you're doing a real good job on him, you know. Your, uh, your husband off somewhere today? I'm not married. Oh, I... It must get kind of lonely out here all by yourself, doesn't it? I like being alone. I don't want a lot of people around me. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, I can't say I blame you. I, I never been much on congregating myself. I, I always sort of like to... Well, you know, that bleeding's letting up a little. All right, I guess I'll be shutting off, ma'am. Uh, when I get into town, I'll send the doctor out here. No. So... Uh, uh, no, no, you can't. What I mean is uh, there is no doctor in Lead Creek. Oh? He m- moved away a couple of years ago. Well, there must be a doctor somewhere around these No. Places. Not within 100 miles. I'll have to take care of him myself. Well, maybe I can find somebody to help you. You know, since I brought him in here, I, I sort of I'd rather like... do it alone. I'll manage all right. Well, that's mighty decent of you, but I... Him being a stranger, I... All right. Well, so long. Mr. Ponsett? Yes, ma'am? You won't tell the folks in town he's here. Hmm? Well, he's a stranger, like you said. He, he don't concern them, and... And I don't want them laughing at me. They'd say, Jenny Garber's finally got herself a man. If he wasn't unconscious, you'd never have managed it. So... You won't tell him, will you? Well, I, I don't suppose anybody will ask me about him. I, easy, boy. Easy, easy. What are you looking at? Oh, I was just noticing those horses over in the pasture there. Those both yours? Yes. Yes, they are. Why? No reason. No, I just... That pinto looks like a good animal. What do you call him? Name's Moon, because of the marking on his flank. Looks like a half moon. Yeah, yeah, I can see it, yeah. 
Well, I hope the patient doesn't give you too much trouble. All right, Stop. come on. The sun went down, but it didn't cool off much. Maybe when the moon came out, there'd be a little breeze. I've been riding for a couple hours since I left the cabin. Still had five or six miles to go before I hit Lead Creek. We were coming through a narrow canyon when I heard a little rustling sound. First, I thought maybe it was that breeze I'd been waiting for. The next thing I knew, I was behind a rock. I wasn't quite sure how I got there. I guess my legs sort of took over without me having to tell them what to do. You ain't got a chance, Ned. We're all around you. Come out from behind those rocks and keep your hands up. Well, I'd be glad to oblige, but I I ain't Ned. Whoever he is. <laughs> Hold it a minute, Sheriff. Hmm? Oh. Well, looks like they made a little mistake, boys. Uh, you all right, mister? Uh, no serious damage, I guess. Well, sorry to bother you, but uh, what are you doing out here anyway? Well, I was heading for town. I heard there might be some work on the new railroad. Thought I might sign up for a spell. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess they can always use another man. My name's York. Sheriff Jim York. I'm pleased to meet you, Sheriff. I'm Britt Ponson. Ponson? The fellow they call six-shooter? Mm, yeah. well, I didn't know you were in these parts. Boys meet Britt Ponson. Britt, this is Sam Norville, howdy. Tom Jackson, Harry Potter. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Britt's the man who bought in the Phoenix Kid. Kid had the drop on him, too, but he never got a chance to pull the trigger. At least, that's the way folks tell it. Yeah, well, between the doing and the telling, you know, there's apt to be some exaggeration. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm sure glad we run into you tonight. That six-gun of yours may come in handy. Oh? Yeah, we're looking for Ned Landy. That's who we thought you was at first. Mm-hmm. I figure something like that. Now, what's this Landy been up to? Trouble for the last three months. Hold up a couple of shooting sprees. Broke into Harry's bank last night and killed Harry's brother. I see. I've taken a posse after him before, but uh, we always seem to lose him in these hills. We'll get him tonight, though. Picked up his trail this morning. Even spotted him for a minute or two on the far side of Devil's Canyon over in the trees. I got off a shot. Thought I'd hit him for sure. Well, I guess my aim was off. Anyway, he gave us a slip again. Well, what's he look like? Oh, he's young, about uh, 23, I'd say. Short, but wiry. Black hair, rides a pinto. Pinto, huh? Mm-hmm. You ain't seen him. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I have. Yeah? Well, where was he? I left him at a cabin about nine miles back. And uh, your aim was all right this morning, Sheriff. He's carrying a bullet in his stomach. Of course, he said he'd shot himself by accident. The only cabin out this way is Jenny Garber's. That's that's the woman. That's the woman that lived there. You know? Well, come on, boys. Let's go. Ain't you coming too, Britt? Oh, no, you won't need any help, Sheriff. Uh, that landing's not likely to last long enough for you to get him into town, I don't think. Well, we'll get him in all right. Doc will see to that. The doc? What, but I understood sure. there any... Sam, here's the doctor. <laughs> At least, that's what he's been claiming for the past 20 years. <laughs> yes, huh? Uh, uh, just wait a minute, Sheriff. Just hold on. You know, I've, I've changed my mind. I, I think maybe I will ride up there with you. return to James Stewart as the six-shooter in a moment. First, a word from Coleman, America's leader in modern automatic home heating equipment. You'll be glad this winter you bought a Coleman heater this fall. Yes, as you sit back in your easy chair, snug and comfortable, you'll be glad you bought a Coleman heater. 
You'll enjoy floor-to-ceiling warmth in those rooms you could never heat before. Get your Coleman oil or gas heater now during Coleman's big bonus sale. Here's what you get. First bonus, a new low price. Yes, now you can get a dependable Coleman automatic heater at a new low price. Second bonus, a new low operating cost. Coleman saves you up to 25% on heating bills because Coleman gives you maximum heat from your fuel. Third bonus, a 32-piece set of Libby's Safe Edge glassware worth $14. It's free with your new Coleman heater. Get three big bonuses. Get your Coleman oil or gas heater now during Coleman's big bonus sale. This sale is for a limited time only. So see your Coleman dealer tomorrow. You'll find his name and address in your telephone directory. Two of the Six Shooters, starring James Stewart. About an hour and a half after I met up with the sheriff, we came to a little stream trickling down the hill just off the trail. I, I'd, I'd missed it when I passed by before. I hadn't known there was any water around, and Scar hadn't smelled it either. The air being so quiet and everything. Well, we pulled up and gave the horses a chance to get a drink. Well, I guess there ain't no rush. And that's as bad off as you say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Something funny, Sheriff? Well, I was just thinking about Jenny Garver. Oh? <laughs> yep, she's finally got herself a man. <laughs> He's going to be real temporary, though. <laughs> yeah, and if he didn't have a bullet in him, I'll bet he'd take off the first time he got a look at her. <laughs> well, said, stick more than a bullet to keep me there. <laughs> me too, Sheriff. What is this? Something wrong with Jenny? Well, you've seen her, ain't you? Yeah, yeah. Well... Well, I... I guess she's no beauty. (laughs) Now, that's giving her the benefit of the doubt, Foster. Now, if you ask me, my horse is better looking. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you know, Sheriff, now a lot of plain women seem to get along all right. Better than some of the pretty ones, you know. Well, it ain't just that Jenny's ugly, but she's so darn awkward and big. (laughs) Why, even when she was a little girl living in town, she was always a head taller than any boy her age. And stronger, too. (laughs) Well... I guess they've had enough drinks. You were. Yeah, the thing was, her folks were peculiar about Jenny. Wouldn't admit she was any different from the other girls. Hey, you remember how they used to dress her? <laughs> All those fancy clothes with frills and ribbons. <laughs> what made her look twice as foolish as she would have otherwise. No. <laughs> her father used to take her to parties, too, in the square dances. But uh, he was the only one who ever danced with her. No, sir. I don't think a single boy in town courted her. Not once. Uh, you're you're forgetting Willie Franklin. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> Will Franklin? Yeah, yeah. He's quite a cut-up. Made a bet one night with some of the fellas. and said he'd get Jenny to agree to marry him. He took her out in his wagon and proposed. Of course, she said yes. <laughs> but uh, he didn't know that Willie's friends was all hidden in the back of the wagon. <laughs> Leastwise, she didn't know it until they all busted out laughing. <laughs> it was right after that her folks died, wasn't it, Sheriff? Yeah, yeah. That's when she bought this cabin. About uh, five years ago, come to think of it. Well, Jenny can't be more than 25 or 6. Looks a whole lot older, though. And wouldn't you say so, Britt? Oh, I don't know. I, I'm not much good at judging ages, especially a woman. Well, there's her place up ahead. 
Lamp's still on. She must be up. Sure, she's up all right. First time she ever had a man within touching distance, ain't it? <laughs> ooh, ooh, boy. Ooh. What's the matter? Well, better leave the horses here and go the rest of the way on foot. Oh, now, Landy's not apt to give you any trouble. Oh, you never can tell. You may be feeling better by now. Yeah, uh, but not that much. Hey, he's seen us. Didn't waste no time about it, neither. Guess he wasn't as sick as you thought, Britt. Or else he made a mighty fast recovery. We'll never hit him from down here. What do you suppose happened to Jenny? I don't know. I've forgotten about her. He's probably got her half scared to death. Well, we'll have to rush him. It ain't going to be easy, Sheriff. With this moon, he's sure to spot us. Well, that's all we can do. Sam, you and Harry see if you can make it up to the fence over there. Right. You okay? Okay. Now, I'll fire twice. That'll be the signal to close in. Now, uh, hold on a minute, Sheriff. Just, yeah? just hold up here a minute. Now, if we go plowing up in front of that cabin, somebody's going to get hurt. Well, what's the matter, Posset? You've been shot at before. Well, that doesn't mean exactly I like the idea. And besides, there's another way of getting in that door around back. And there are a couple of trees back there. Too. Oh, no, he'll be watching the back door. And that's well, no fool. I know, but it's worth a try, eh? All right, I'll go with you. Now, wait a minute now. You just let me go alone. One man ain't as apt to be seen. Now, you just keep firing. And if I ain't back in five minutes, well, we'll take him your way, huh? Five minutes. We won't wait no longer. I hunched down low, and I started circling toward the rear of the cabin. And there wasn't much cover. It just rocks a couple of scrub pines. Anyway, nobody was shooting at me yet. So far, nobody'd see me. I come up along the side of the barn, and the back door was just just ahead. Now, I still had about twenty yards to go. I ran forward, and my foot caught. I tripped over some of the kindling Jenny had stacked up there in the afternoon. I lay, I lay quiet for a minute. I just waited. Well, it sounded to me like I'd made enough noise so they could hear it clear down the lead creek. Yeah, yeah. Shooting wasn't in my direction. So I got up on my knees and I, I raced for the cabin. I opened up the door and I kept on going. And when I got into the living room, I... I... I, I saw I'd figured right. That was on the cot just where I'd left and hadn't moved. It was Jenny who was doing the firing. And she swung around. She pointed the revolver at me. Her eyes weren't soft, not anymore. You told him. You brought him here. No, I had to, Jenny. I would have taken him away as soon as he was well enough. Why couldn't you let us alone? That killed a man last night, Jenny. I don't care. I don't care what he does. As long as he needs me, I'll stand by him and help him. He needed a hideout, didn't he? He must have been staying here for some time or his pony wouldn't have had enough sense to come back here with his own accord. Are they going to start closing in, Jenny? You're not going to take him away from me. I won't let you. Ned likes me. He told me he likes me. And he's the first person who ever did. Now give me your gun, Jenny. Even if it isn't true. Even if he didn't really mean it. He doesn't laugh at me like the others. He doesn't mind my look. But he said I'd be an old maid. Even my mother said it. But I won't. Not now. Ned will take me with it. He'll marry me. I know he will. Now, Jenny, now listen to me. Don't you understand? I can't let you take him away, no matter what. 
Not even if I have now, to... killing me won't help in that. It's the only way I can keep him. I've got to stop you somehow. You and the others out there. Now, there's no way you can keep him, Jenny. He's dead. What? Now, turn around. Turn around, look at him. Now, I'm not trying to catch you off guard. Just turn around. He hasn't been breathing, not since I came in. Oh. He loved me. Ned loved me. <laughs> all right, boys, come on in. You all right? I got him, huh, Briff? Oh, there he is. I might have known you'd take care of him. That wasn't me, Sheriff. It was you. Huh? Your bullet from this afternoon. Well, I'll be darned. I told you I was sure I'd hit him. Remember, Tom, I told you. Now, then how come he was able to hold us off just now? Well, he was a tough one to kill. He wouldn't give up. The strain of shooting at us must have finally finished him. Yeah. Ain't that the way you figured, Britt? Mm, no, something like that. Well, uh, what's the matter with her? A little gunplay bother you, Jenny? Oh, come on, come on, get a hold of it. It's all over now. Sure is funny how women are scared of gunfire. Every one of them. Even Jenny. Well, it just goes to show you that underneath, they're all pretty much alike. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they are. Well. That was buried the next day, and... There was one bunch of flowers at the funeral, wild daisies. Folks just couldn't figure out who sent them. And, uh, you know, they, they tell me that it was right about then that Jenny Garver started acting different. Oh, I don't mean she got pretty or anything like that, but she did seem more confident. She just seemed a little more sure of herself. People said if they didn't know better, they'd swear that a man had something to do with the way she changed. But, of course, they all knew better. I'd like to take a minute here to remind you about some of the great entertainment in store for you later in the week on NBC Radio. Next Friday night marks the fall return to the air of both the Bob Hope Show and the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. Both these great comedy programs, formerly heard on different days, now join forces to make Friday night a top listening night on NBC Radio. The new Bob Hope Friday Night Show will feature well-known guest artists, the music of Les Brown and his band of renown, and the vocal talents of lovely Margaret Whiting. And of course, Bob will be in there delivering his rapid-fire topical humor. You'll find that the Bob Hope Show is most enjoyable listening each Friday night on NBC Radio. And immediately following Bob Hope, listen to the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. And Alice has her brother William to keep her informed of Phil's hilarious actions. Also in the talent-filled cast, you'll hear Julius Abrugio and little Alice and Phyllis. You'll hear wonderful comedy every Friday night beginning this Friday night on NBC Radio. Yes, for the best in Friday night radio entertainment, Remember to tune where you hear the familiar three chimes for the Bob Hope Show and the Phil Harris Alice Space Show. Two great programs returning this Friday to NBC Radio.
America's leader in modern automatic home heating equipment and the National Broadcasting Company have presented James Stewart as the six-shooter. Mr. Stewart may currently be seen in the Universal International picture, Thunder Bay. The six-shooter is an NBC Radio Network production in association with Review Productions. It is based on a character created by Frank Burke, and today's transcribed story was written by him. Special music was by Basil Adlam, and heard in the cast were D.J. Thompson, Jess Kirkpatrick, George Neese, and Harry Bartell. The entire production is under the direction of Jack Johnstone. All characters and incidents were fictitious, and any resemblance to actual characters or incidents is purely coincidental. Hal Gibney speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. James Stewart as the six-shooter. The man in the saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl, its handle unmarked. People call them both the six-shooter. Coleman, America's leader in modern automatic home heating equipment and the National Broadcasting Company, present James Stewart as the six-shooter, a transcribed series of dramas based on the life of Britt Ponson, the Texas plainsman who wandered through the Western territories, leaving behind a trail of still-remembered legends. Now, in just a moment, immediately following this important announcement, you'll hear Act One of The Six-Shooter. Last year, thousands of Americans who tried to get away with carelessness on the highways were killed or permanently injured in traffic accidents. And remember, accidents don't always happen to the other fellow. Unless you are meticulous in your observance of the rules of highway safety... You and your loved ones are vulnerable to the menace of traffic accidents. Every motorist should take an active role in supporting the safety movement in his or her community. Encourage driver training in your high schools. Teach your children the rules of safety on the highway. Remember, the life you save may be your own. Now, Act One of The Six Shooter, starring James Stewart. a grandstand seat, a rocking chair on the front porch of the Temple City Hotel. Not that there was much to watch. A couple of women looking at the bonnets in the windows of Bradley's Mercantile and some kids playing mummy pig over in the alley next to Bank. And the checker game in the shadow of a big elm across the street. But it was a couple of days before I was due to pick up some cattle in Atterbury for Mrs. Pritchard. And, well, Temple City seemed as good a place as any to stop over. I was considering taking a little nap when I saw Will. At least that's who I thought it was. He was, he was coming out of the general store carrying a box of groceries. I, I couldn't be sure, though, because just as he started to climb into a wagon, another man rode up alongside and shut off my view. Well, look who's in town. 
You doing the marketing, Will? Thought the women usually did that. But I guess in your case, it ain't such a bad idea to switch things around. I was hoping I'd run into you, Temple. Two of my cows have been killed this week. You mean your wife's cows, don't you, Will? It wasn't two, it was three. The boys found another one grazing on my side of the creek this morning. You're going to have to do something about that fence of yours. You won't have no stock left at all. That fence was all right yesterday. Maybe, but this is today. Now, you listen to me, Temple. I'm... I figure it's about time you done the listening, Will. I want your wife's ranch. Ain't made no bones about it. She was willing to sell until you came along. She ain't willing now. I'll give you $2 an acre. That's more than a fair price. Anybody will tell you that. We're not going to be shoved off that land, not for $2 an acre or 20 Then maybe I'd better talk to Sarah, seeing as how it's her property. No! No. I'm warning you. You stay away from our ranch and our cattle or I'll... Or, or I'll... Well, go on. Tell me what you'll do, Will. I'd be real interested to find out. Come on, Bill. It was Sarah giving him the warning. I might take it seriously, seeing as how she wears the pants in the family. The wagon moved in closer where I was sitting. I got a good look at him now. He'd changed a lot since last time we met up. He was older, and there were a couple of those squint wrinkles between his eyes. Even so, he still could have been more than 23 or 4, seeing as how he was only about 20 when we worked on the West Star Roundup together. Hey, Will! Will! Hey, Will! I thought he'd recognize me, but I... Well, I guess I'd change some, too. I wasn't getting aged or nothing like that, but I'd, uh, I'd ripened up a bit, I guess. Anyway, Will kind of glanced my way and then drove on. And from the way he was holding those reins, I had a pretty good idea of what he was thinking. This Temple fella, he pushed him too far. And if I knew Will, he was getting ready to do something about it. Well, there was no point in trying to run him down now. We'd probably meet up later. So I went into the hotel and looked around for a place to sit down. The clerk behind the desk was playing a game of solitaire. Oh, howdy, Mr. Ponset. Something I can do for you? No, 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 I think so. Room all right? Yeah, it's fine. Room's fine. Uh, real pleasure having you stand with us. Anything you'd like. Will you the, the Black Queen. Huh? That plays on the King of Diamonds. Uh. Oh. Oh, thank you. Like to look at the Denver paper? It just came in on the stage. No, no, thanks. Just the same. I, I was sort of figuring on a little snooze. A little too, a little too much racket outside. <laughs> I know what you mean. Noah Temple's got a voice that carries all right. I could hear him and Will arguing clear in here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't amount to nothing, now, Mr. Ponson. They've been squaring off like that ever since Will moved to town and married Sarah Blake. Oh? Oh, looks like I'm stuck. Good thing I'm not playing at the gambling hall. I'd be out 50 bucks. You see, Noah's got the idea of buying Sarah's ranch, and there ain't going to be no stopping him until he buys it. Will he need her land for any reason? Sure thinks he does. Now, if I can just get me the ace of spades and see. Forty years ago, Noah's grandfather started this town. He owned all the acres between the foothills and the creek outside. Old Temple said it was named for him, as a matter of fact. Is that so? But the old man's son, Fred, well, he wasn't much good. First thing you know, he'd sold off nearly everything his dad had left him. When Noah took over, he swore he'd get all the Temple property back again. Guess it sort of stuck in his craw that the Temple's wasn't the biggest outfit in the valley no more. 
Dug on that black seven. How's Noah Temple been doing? Well, first folks didn't take him serious. They thought he was just a talker like his father, but he sure fooled him. Yeah, today he's got more acres than his granddaddy ever had. There's only one piece of the original Temple setup he ain't been able to buy back. That land of Sarah. Oh? Sure was a surprise when Will wouldn't let her sell it. Nobody ever figured he'd stand up to Noah. A man like him. Was there something wrong with him? Seven, eight, nine. What's that? Oh, well, you see, Mr. Ponte, Will's a coward. You see, as he's yellow clear through, he won't ever wear a gun. If there's a posse being formed, he don't go along. And if there's a fight, he lays low. You can call him names, you can insult him. The way Noah Templeton, he just takes it. Gee, that sure don't sound like him to me. You know Will, Mr. Ponson? Used to. Used to. A couple of years ago, we worked around up together. Oh, that must have been before he moved to Temple City. Yeah, yeah. It's down in Texas. Back there, Willie Techman wasn't afraid of nobody or nothing. And for a youngster, he's mighty fancy with a gun. Techman? That's right, yeah. Oh, but that ain't his name, Mr. Ponson. Will's name is Fetter. Oh? Yeah, Will Fetter. Oh, no wonder you were surprised about him being yellow. You... You got the wrong man. Uh-huh. Well, they must look alike, this friend of yours and Will Fetter. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I do, yeah. I went upstairs to my room, started to pull my boots off, you know? It's funny, I... I hadn't been doing anything but sit all day, and my feet hurt worse than I'd have been walking 20 miles. Oh. I looked out the window. That sun is just about even with the church steeple. I saw it be around 3 o'clock. Oh. I had a couple hours for supper, so I... Let myself down in a bed. Hmm? Yeah? Yeah? Well, come on in. Come on in. Mr. Ponson? Oh, oh, oh excuse me, ma'am. I, I didn't know it was a lady. I... I, I'm, I'm sorry to bother you, Mr. Ponson. Oh, not at all, not at all. I wasn't exactly what you'd call busy. <laughs> Won't you sit down? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, wait, I'll get those boots out of your way. Mr. Ponson, I'm Will's wife. Oh, oh, I'm pleased to meet you, ma'am. Will, Will told me you were in town today. He saw you. And you saw him, didn't you? Yes, ma'am. At least I thought I did. Well, you can't tell anyone he's here, Mr. Ponson. Oh? You didn't come to Temple City looking for Will, did you? Will thought maybe that was the reason. We heard about what happened in Prescott last winter when you came across Bar Cleaver. Yeah, well, you heard wrong, ma'am. I didn't come across Cleaver. He came across me. And as for Will, he... He's made a new life here. A good life. If he has to go back to prison... Prison? Oh. Well, you knew about the bank robbery in Austin and about him breaking out before... Well, you knew, didn't you? No, ma'am. Oh, I haven't been back that way since... Then you... You, you wouldn't have told the marshal? But we thought... Well, we were sure. What have I done? No, no, I'll just take it easy, ma'am. Oh, if I hadn't come to see you, nobody would have known he was Will Techman. Well, you know, things have a way of coming out sooner or later. 
How much longer was Will supposed to serve? Two years. Uh-huh. Well, that's not so long when you're young. Uh, we're going to have a baby, Mr. Ponson. But I almost wouldn't want to have him if he was going to grow up knowing his father had been in prison. Why should Will have to go back? Why? Well, I guess maybe you'd better ask the judge who sentenced him, ma'am. What I mean is they, they say it's so a man will live a decent, respectable life when he comes out. And Will's already living a decent, respectable life. He works hard. He, he never makes trouble for anybody. He doesn't even wear a gun, and he promised me he never will. Was that your idea, not wearing a gun? Before we were married, he told me about the trouble in Austin and how it broke out of prison. I suppose I, I should have made him go back. But I was so much in love, I couldn't. So I asked him to give me his word he'd never use a gun again. Never even carry one. Well, it must have been kind of hard on a fellow like Will to keep holding himself back that way. It hasn't been easy. I've heard what men like Noah Temple call him. But Will takes it. He's kept his word. This uh, fellow Temple, you know, the way he and Will were going at it today, it sounded like they were heading for trouble. Won't be anything serious. Will just doesn't want us to be pushed off of the ranch. You can't hold that against him. No, 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 guess not. Then you... You won't tell the marshal over in Atterbury? Or anybody? Well, I don't imagine Marshal Sanders would like me mixing into his business. This is his district. I guess he can take care of it. Anyway, he has so far... But now, look here, I... Thank you, Mr. Ponson. Well, Thank well, now, you. Now, uh... And thanks for Will, too. Well, no, well wait, wait, just, uh, wait, uh... Well, after all, you know, most of what she said was true. Sending Will back to prison might do more harm than good, but... And it wasn't up to me to sit judgment on him. I was going to be leaving town up there, so anyway, and if anything happened after that, it wouldn't be my concern, so... Uh, of course, uh, a man does have certain duties, even if he's not wearing a badge. Uh, a man who spots a wanted criminal, he's supposed to report it. And I always had before. I scraped some of the mud off my boots and washed my face, put on a clean shirt, and... Went downstairs in the lobby. The clerk was still playing solitaire. Just beat myself again, Mr. Ponsett. I was playing in the gambling hall. I'd be ahead about $140. It's pretty good for one afternoon, eh? Yeah, yeah, real good. About time for supper? Yeah, go right on in. Molly will fix you up. Got baked ham tonight. Fine, fine. Oh, say, uh, Mr. Ponsett? Yeah? Remember us talking about Will Fetter and him being afraid to carry a gun? Uh-huh. Well, the darndest thing just happened. Oh, it wasn't any more than 15 minutes ago, I guess. Everybody's talking about it. He went into Bradley's Mercantile and he bought himself a carbine. Oh? Of course, he's just trying to bluff Noah Temple. Folks are giving 10 to 1. Will don't even know how to load a rifle. Where you going, Mr. Bradley? Dining room's over there. Uh, I guess maybe I'm not hungry yet. Say, uh, whereabouts is Will's ranch? I think maybe I'll take a little ride. Maybe work up an appetite. We'll return to James Stewart as the six-shooter in a moment. First, a word from Coleman, America's leader in modern automatic home heating equipment. 
when winter comes, does your house shrink like this? Well, I guess it's time to close off that back room. There's just no way to heat it. Don't deprive yourself of valuable living space. Get a Coleman automatic heater and enjoy new warmth in the hardest-to-heat room. Get your Coleman oil or gas heater now during Coleman's big bonus sale. You'll get three bonuses. A new low price. Yes, now you can get a dependable Coleman oil or gas heater at a new low price. A new low operating cost. Coleman saves you up to 25% on heating bills because Coleman gives you maximum heat from your fuel. And a 32-piece set of Libby Safe Edge glassware worth $14. It's free with your new Coleman heater. Get three big bonuses during Coleman's big bonus sale. The sale is for limited time only, so see your Coleman dealer tomorrow. Look for his name in your telephone directory. Remember, comfort costs so little with a Coleman. Now, Act Two of The Six Shooter, starring James Stewart as Britt Ponson. was about two miles south of town, and from the outside looked neat and comfortable, well kept up. The ground stretching out behind it was good grazing land, though it was worth at least five dollars an acre, maybe more. I tied Scar to a cottonwood in the yard and walked up to the door. Home, Will suffers. Oh, Mr. Ponson. Evening, ma'am. Come on in. Uh, Will's not here? No, he was gone when I came back. He must be out tending the stock. Uh huh. What's wrong, Mr. Ponson? You haven't changed your mind, have you? Where's the uh, Temple Ranch lie from here? It's all around us, on all four sides of our land. And Temple's Ranch House, where's that? East, due east. Well, what's that got to do with it? What's happened? Will was in town this evening. He bought a rifle. I don't believe it. He promised me. You're wrong, Mr. Ponsett. Will isn't gunning for Noah Temple. He's out tending stock. Well, he'll be home any minute. You'll see. Maybe. Where are you going? I hear Temple's got quite an outfit. Worth paying a visit. You won't find Will there. He gave me his word he'd never use a gun again. You won't find him. <laughs> about a quarter of a mile, and uh, when I came to the edge of Will's property, I saw a sorrel tethered to a fence post. Looked like Will had decided to go the rest of the way on foot, so I climbed out of the saddle and looked around. There was a big break in the fence, but the cattle hadn't made it. That barbed wire had been cut. And there were four heifers and a couple of steers lying just over the temple boundary. Well, there just wasn't much question about it. They'd been shot. So I crawled through the opening and went right past a big sign that said, Temple Ranch, trespassers will be shot. I found some footprints. I figured they were Will's. 
About 30 minutes later, I caught sight of the ranch house. It was built about halfway up the side of a pretty steep hill, big, sprawling building. There was a light inside, and I could just barely make out Noah sitting at a desk working on some papers. But where was Will? He had plenty of time to get here. And I heard his step and swung around. There was one of Temple's hands pacing up and down near the stable alongside the house. And the way he was holding the rifle, it looked like an army sentry instead of a cow hand. All of a sudden, he gave a little gasp. I saw a shadow tighten around his throat. The sentry went down, and there was a struggle. Not very noisy, though. Not noisy enough for Temple to hear it. And then everything was quiet. And the shadow stood up. It was Will Tackman. He was inching his way toward the house, toward the window where Temple was sitting. I came up behind him. I pulled out my gun. He was starting to aim his rifle. Well, drop it, Will. What? Yeah. I might have known you'd turn up. Give me your rifle, Will. Could get off a shot. At me, but not at Temple. Temple gets our ranch and I go to prison, is that it? Now, we'll talk all about that as soon as we get back to your place. Now, come on. I carried Will's rifle and led the way. About 20 minutes later, we passed another one of Temple's guards. He was dozing, didn't notice it. Still had a couple of miles to go before we'd reached the fence where we'd left the horses. Will was sort of panting for breath. All right, let's rest a minute. Okay. I thought you promised your wife you'd never take up a gum gun, Will. Mr. Ponsett, I... You see them dead heifers over by the fence? Yeah. That about wipes our herd out. I found them, I, I had to do something. As long as you knew who I was anyway, as long as I was going back to prison, I had to fix it so Sarah wouldn't have the ranch taken away from her. Uh, you, you wouldn't think a piece of land would be worth everybody getting so excited about. I've been shoved around, Britt. Ever since I was a kid, I've been shoved around. Even when I held up the Austin Bank, I wasn't the one who... The one who what? Nothing. Since I married Sarah, well, I've had to take a lot that other men wouldn't put up with because of her and because of her knowing what I was. This thing with Temple got under my skin. I made up my mind to stand up to him. A man's got to take a stand sometime, somewhere. Oh, I'm sorry, Will, but... Hey, what's that? Get down, Will! Yep. We've got you dead to rights, better. Trespassing. I ain't alone, Temple! Britt Ponsett's with me. What? Ponsett? That's right, Temple. I might have known Fetter wouldn't come along. Well, I guess four of us can take care of two of you. He won't be much use to you, Ponsett. Not in a fight. Okay, boys, move in. I could see one of his boys firing from behind a tree behind him. So I aimed at his arm. And the bullet hit him on the shoulder and he lurched forward. That meant only three of them now, but they were close. Will still didn't say anything. He was waiting for me to make the next move. I tossed him the rifle. Thanks, Brett. <laughs> 
He got to his knees and started across a little clearing. He was still all right when he died behind a boulder. I knew where he was heading, too. Noah Temple had been shooting from behind a clump of pines about 50 yards back. For a couple of minutes, I didn't get a chance to watch him. Temple's two guards were on either side of me now. Oh, one of them was more than 8, 10 feet away. And I saw the barrel of his carbine rise up from behind the bush. Hmm. Only one guard left. About that time, it seemed like he'd had enough. Anyway, I moved across the clearing toward the pine trees where Will had disappeared. Pulled up behind a rock. Well, there was Noah Temple. Crouched down low, his gun ready. A little bit of movement in the brush caught my eye. It was Will. He was right behind Temple. And Temple didn't know it. He was looking my way. Will had a perfect shot. I saw Will's finger curl around the trigger. But it... Will didn't fire. I couldn't figure out what had gotten into him. He didn't fire. And then he threw his rifle to one side and let out a yell. Temple! Temple turned and got off a shot. <coughs> well, he was surprised he couldn't do much aiming. And then Will was on top of him, twisting the gun out of his hands. And after that, I saw a fight the like of which I'd never seen before in my life. There, Will hit Temple across the face, and he went over backwards. And then... Temple kicked and his foot lifted Will right off the ground. But before Temple could pick himself up, Will, Will was right on top of him again. And, and Temple tried to reach for his gun and Will brought his boot right down on Temple's hand. And Temple quit reaching. And then Will backed away and let Temple up again. And as soon as Temple was steady again, Will drove his fist right into Temple's stomach. And Temple's hand flew apart and he was wide open. Will hit him again and hit him and hit him again and again. And finally, finally... Temple managed to, to send his fist into Will's face. And Will looked like maybe he was going to go down, but he still had a fight left to, to land a right that snapped Temple's head right back. And it was Temple that toppled over. And then I knew he wasn't going to get up again, not for quite a while. Feel better, Will? Yeah. Yeah, lots better. You had your chance to kill him. You had a perfect shot. You didn't have to fight him this way. It's the only way I could fight him, Brett. Huh? I had him in my sights. Something kept me from pulling the trigger. Maybe you'll think I'm crazy, but I kept remembering what I promised Sarah. That I wouldn't use a gun again. I couldn't pull that trigger, Britt. I just couldn't. Uh-huh. Well, let's... Let's see if we can get Temple here to a doctor. You know, it looks like he needs one. We left Noah with the dock in Temple City, and I started off for Atterbury. I've, uh, I've made up my mind to tell the marshal about Will, all about him. Sarah and Will, they agreed. They, they, they think I should, too. But then again, 
The way I see it right now, the state of Texas is looking for a gun-toting bank robber named Will Techman, and I... I just don't think Marshal Sanders would be very much interested in a law-abiding rancher who's called Will Fetter. I'd like to take a minute here to remind you about some of the great entertainment that's in store for you on NBC Radio. Now, for most of us, Monday evening is a time to relax, sit back, and take it easy. NBC had exactly that in mind when they designed their Monday night of entertainment. You'll want to listen to the delightful music of the Railroad Hour as they resume their fall schedule of popular operettas that have entertained for so many years. Gordon McRae will be your host and star... And during weeks to come, you'll have many charming guest stars to add to your listening pleasure with their famous voices. And you'll want to relax to the melodies of the Firestone Orchestra and Chorus under the direction of Howard Barlow on The Voice of Firestone. Another great Monday night favorite is the Telephone Hour, with its wonderful program of music directed by Donald Vores. Yes, every Monday night, hear these three fine musical programs on NBC Radio. Coleman, America's leader in modern automatic home heating equipment, and the National Broadcasting Company have presented James Stewart as the six-shooter. Mr. Stewart may currently be seen in the Universal International picture Thunder Bay. Others in the cast were Michael Ann Barrett, Herb Ellis, Howard McNear, and Will Wright. The six-shooter is an NBC Radio Network production in association with Review Productions, and it is based on a character created by Frank Burt. And today's transcribed story was written by him. Special music was by Basil Aslam, and the entire production is under the direction of Jack Johnstone. All characters and incidents were fictitious, and any resemblance to actual characters or incidents is purely coincidental. Hal Gibney speaking. President Eisenhower opens the community chess campaign tonight on NBC. The man in the saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster, a gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl. People call them both the six-shooter. Hollywood legend Jimmy Stewart plays a starring role as Britt Ponsett, Western adventurer and general do-gooder. The complete series is only 40 half-hour episodes and lasted only one season, from 1953 to 1954. This western is a bit less rough-and-tumble than a lot of other western old-time radio programs. It brings a good dose of humor to the Old West. For example, Ponset joined an inexperienced road theater group, giving an Old West take on such classics as Hamlet and Cinderella. In another episode, Ponset runs for mayor and sheriff, Although Stewart may have been a great, versatile actor, he was best at playing a nice guy just trying to get along, and that's what the six-shooter is all about. At times he needs to shoot his way out of trouble, but only when absolutely necessary. If you like Jimmy Stewart, you'll like this show. And who doesn't love Jimmy Stewart? Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.